Welcome to the weekly NFL Reaction Show podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to this past week's NFL action. We will share our opinions on the NFL, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack football, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life. I am thrilled to be with you on this Monday following two tremendous games in the NFL yesterday. We will talk all about it, all the the, the controversy, the big storylines, how this sets up for such a tremendous Super Bowl. At the end of the show today, we will get into our our unpack this topic of the day, uh, which we will talk about Tom Brady and, and maybe an underrated trait about Tom Brady and, and how that relates to our own lives. And, and so we'll have some fun talking about that. And I have a feeling today's show, uh, Tom Brady will, will be discussed as, as he heads back to his 10th Super Bowl, but also what happened to the Packers yesterday and, and Aaron Rodgers and his future. Plus, as we pull back and take a look at the entire NFL, so many unique storylines and, and coaching changes and quarterback changes. And so we have got a loaded show today. And as always, on Mondays, we are joined by former NFL player Corey Miller, the pastor of pain. He's the director of ministry outreach here at Unpacking It. Corey, good morning. How was the weekend? Great weekend uh, with the family. Of course, uh, uh, you can call me Pop, pastor of pain, but call me Pop because I'm now officially a, a grandpapa. Oh, and, congrats. And so uh, we've been with uh, a daughter and her husband pretty much. My wife's actually packed the bag and left the house <laughs> and oh. uh, I've been there by myself you know most of the time at night at least me and the dog and and uh, but it's been great watching little Ava uh, Henderson Hagen uh, uh, be in this world for uh, a little one day less than a week she's born last Tuesday I believe Tuesday night so so that's what's happening in our household so been a great weekend we're blessed and and uh, looking forward to uh, talking some sports with you boys. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Well, very exciting news for, uh, for, for you and the family. And uh, as always, we're also joined by Luke Heaton. He's our uh, director of social media and uh, producing things behind the scenes here for this Monday show. Luke, good morning. How was the weekend? Hey, guys. Good morning. It was a good weekend. Uh, me and my fiance and me started a church shopping. So uh, visited our first church together, and which is super exciting. So going to debrief and then figure out where we're going to go next week. Um, and let's see what else. Besides that, just a lot of sportsing, a lot of time on the couch, <laughs> um, and just excited for another week. Got a, My uh, semester is getting going in seminary, so full steam ahead right now. That's awesome. You got a lot going on. Gearing up uh, wedding in March, so uh, so we'll, we'll enjoy – uh, your your time with us before you're you're full blown off to uh to your honeymoon. So we got a lot to get to on the show today. And before we jump in, let me ask you this: Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. It's healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. This is uh kind of a, a new version of the Unpacking It podcast as as we come to you live uh, each Monday at ten thirty. Uh, we're coming to you on YouTube, uh, so you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also on Facebook Live, make sure you like the page, and then on Twitter as well. And we're continuing to add other platforms along the way. 
and and so excited for this this new opportunity and this this next season for unpacking it and a big part of what we're all about with this show and it being live too is we want you to interact with us we want to hear from you we want to know your thoughts on the topics that we discuss uh if you even if you have prayer requests that you would like to send in uh as as a comment or you can email me bryce at unpackingit.com we want to be together on monday morning set the tone for the week come together talk about the big sports stories but also be an encur- an encouragement to one another as well and so we'd love to hear from you also today here at unpacking it well, actually tonight at eight o'clock we have got the virtual sports trivia night returning and so this this uh, this version of it tonight is Super Bowl edition. So all the questions will relate to the history of the Super Bowl, and, and so you can sign up to participate tonight. It's free to to, to play. Uh, you can go to unpackingit.com/trivia, and and the three of us will will be a part of it tonight. Uh, and so it should should be a ton of fun, and uh, you can uh, compete against other sports fans in the Unpacking It community. And, and even if you don't necessarily feel like you know a ton, you'll be surprised. You'll, you'll know more than you, you think, and uh, it's just a good time. So, so we hope that you'll participate uh, with that. So, again, unpackingit.com slash trivia. All right, so let's jump right in. And the game of the day really was the Packers and the Bucks. And, and going in, you know, I was kind of leaning toward, oh, I want to see the Packers and Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl and Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes and kind of the two best quarterbacks. But but as the day went on yesterday, I started kind of jumping on this this Bucks bandwagon and, and kind of the, the idea of wait could Tom Brady really go back to another Super Bowl? This is starting to to happen and this has become reality. And so part of me was like, this is just so historic. This could be pretty sweet. And what I ultimately wanted to see happen was Green Bay tying the game. I wanted them to go for it on fourth down, convert the two point conversion, tie the game so that. Tom Brady would have had under two minutes to march down the field and win the game. That's what I wanted to see happen. But instead, Green Bay absolutely blew it. They kicked a field goal. And if you know anything about me, I don't like the field goal kickers. Now, I like them as individuals. Some of them have been on the show over the years. Some of them I've met in person, and I love them. They're great people. However, in those types of moments, I don't want to see the kicker. And I would even say, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I would have waved them off. I would have said, hey, you find yourself back on the sideline. You get out of here, Mason Crosby. I don't want, to, I don't want you out here. I want to go for it on fourth down. Now, the fact that, that Rodgers wasn't able to run it in on third down or he, he chose not to run it on, on that play I thought was a, a miss as well. But then for, for them to not take advantage of the opportunity in that position to try to score a touchdown on fourth down was ultimately you know just a missed opportunity would they have converted it we don't know would they have gotten the two-point conversion we don't know they missed one earlier in the game but at least give your guys a chance give the top quarterback a chance and they didn't do that and so LaFleur absolutely should be criticized today so that was my uh my initial takeaway we'll go a lot of different directions but uh but on that point Corey how did did you feel in that moment when Green Bay had that chance and they they didn't go for it you know uh... Hindsight is always twenty twenty, and for everybody that's the armchair quarterbacks and the armchair coaches, I mean, it's easy for us to sit back and say, this is what I, what I would have done, this is what should have been done, and, you know, if it had worked and they'd have won the game, it's not a conversation. You know, unfortunately, it didn't work. I would work. stand by it. Stand not- by it. Even, if it, even if it worked. Like, even if they got the three and out like they, they thought or hoped, I still would stand by, you got to go for it on that fourth down. Yeah, but every coach has his, his – it's easy to say that, Bryce. 
uh, for us. You know, I'm not on the line. You know, we're not being criticized. Uh, so it's easy to say, you know, everybody jumps on Twitter and go, I know, what are you doing? What were you thinking? You know, but had they got off the field and the defense got to stop, you know, look at what he was thinking, okay? I got three timeouts. I got a two-minute warning. That's basically four timeouts. They're going to go into a two-minute mode, which basically they're going to run the football. You know, but, um, you know, we, we should be able to get off the field. The defense been playing oak, actually pretty daggum good in the second half because Tom Brady was absolutely horrific. Oh, so, Ohio. Uh, and and so, um, you know, so I can understand why he thought what he thought. Now, what, if it was me, I probably would have said, you know what, I, I need to get a touchdown here. You know, let's do what we got to do because I want to. I'm a, I'm an aggressive thinker that way. So, but I'm not really. I'm not like a lot of people. I'm not saying that's why they lost the game. That's not why they lost the game because he chose not to go for it. I understand he has Aaron Rodgers, who I think is the second best quarterback in the league behind Patrick Mahomes, but. It is what it is. I mean, it was a great game. Uh, I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. I, I thought Green Bay probably was a better team, although I picked Tampa Bay just because I just felt like they were going to win the game in our picks. But, you know, it's one of those situations. Every game comes to play here, play there. You know, this decision, making this decision or not making this decision, everybody's going to zero in on this ball game. But but they still had a chance. I mean, they had a chance. And, uh but that's answer your question. I would have gone for it, but I, I'm not going to, you know, batter the coach up for making the decision because I do understand his reason and why he did what he did. So I guess I always come to the side of, I appreciate the guys that are willing to take the risks. And, yeah. and I think when, when you get to this point, you look at what, what, Bruce Arians represented this year. And even though at times I thought he was a little too loosey goosey throughout the season and, you know, they're throwing the ball downfield so much throughout the year. And I'm like, come on, you gotta, you gotta run the ball more and, and, and balance it out with Tom Brady. But ultimately now that we look at the bucks in their entire season, their willingness to take chances and, and we'll get to Brady and you criticizing him in a moment. But to me, the fact that Brady would make the tough throws and sometimes it resulted in an interception, but, Overall, the risk-taking mentality and the go-for-it mentality is why the Bucs are, are, are playing in the Super Bowl, a big reason for why they're there. And, and then you look at the, the Chiefs, and they, take, they do risky plays. You know, the, the, to have Travis Kelsey, you know, the little pitch and, and up the middle and just wild plays that they try throughout the game, that's who they are, and that's what they represent. When you play scared and, and when you, you don't give your best players a, a chance to go for it and you settle for field goals, and that's why I go to the Bills game as well. They, they settled for field goals. That's why, that's why they weren't in a better position at the end. Because really the Bills almost made it interesting at the end. But because they settled for field goals earlier in the game, they just couldn't make up enough points late. And when you're going up against a team like the Chiefs that score as easily as the Chiefs do, you can't settle for field goals. Yeah, so, Bryce, we're, we're not playing video game football here. You can't, you know, I know that's the world we live in. Everybody think, oh, just go for it on fourth time. <laughs> you know, you got to kick field goals sometimes. And, I mean, I, I get certain opportunities, and, and and I hate the the world we live in of, of – of, uh, you know, all these analytics now, and, and which is so stupid in my opinion. But, <laughs> you know, instead of just coaching ball, you know, now we're in the world of analytics. So, um, you know, let's just look at, you know, the, the Bills kick field goal. Sometimes maybe, you know. But just think about this. If, if Andy Reid last week, right, he went for it on that fourth down yeah. with a backup quarterback. Which I love that. I love Andy Reid, one of my favorite coaches. 
Great call. But if it didn't work, if that didn't work last week, then it would be reversed. Then everybody would have just butchered up Andy Reid. What are you thinking? Why would you do that? You got a backup quarterback. You know, that's just the world we live in. It's like as fans, we're going to sit here and we're going to sit back with, with our Diet Coke and Diet Dr. Pepper and popcorn on the couch, and we're going to sit here and tell every coach who gets paid zillions of dollars to do, but we're telling them what was right and what was wrong. That's just the way of fans today. So it's like, I get it. I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with the fans. Hey, you got, you got, Mama, here comes that man again, Aaron Rodgers. Put the ball in his hands. Yeah. But at the same time, I understand. You got basically four timeouts. You know, the defense, Tampa Bay hasn't done nothing, zero zilch in the second half, nothing. So you're thinking, okay, my defense is rocking and rolling, so I'm going to trust him. I'll kick, I'll get points here. We're down five. Listen, we're going to go get the ball back, and I whether we got two minutes or a minute 40, I like my chances with Aaron Rodgers to give him another opportunity. You just have to weigh your chances there. So I, I, I do understand it. It was not the most aggressive. It was very conservative, but still – he he has his thoughts. I can sit here and go, okay, they haven't done anything, so maybe my defense coming with a stop, we win the game. So it's kind of just it's it's that, what everything's going to be questioned. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the fun of it. That's why we that's why we love it. That's why we keep watching. But but two things. One, I think even when you take it uh, beyond sports, and and we all do this where we think we're going to get another opportunity again, and, and so we push something off. Toward the, toward the future because, oh, we'll get another chance to, to take advantage of, of whatever it may be. And to me, the Packers, when you're at the eight-yard line, you're close to scoring. And even though they were struggling on that drive or on that, that series, I guess, you know, the first three. Three, three incompletions. Yeah, so it's like, ah, oh, it's frustrating. But to me, you're still – you're right there. You got to just go for it. And even to me, even if you fail there, I'd rather fail there than playing the mental gymnastics of, Oh, well, maybe if we get the ball back and we stop them three times and then we we are able to, to, to run a kickback or a punt back and set ourselves up for better field position, to me, that's just way too much. Uh, whereas there you are, take advantage of it. And, and, I, and I believe that in life, too. If, if you're sitting in front of a great opportunity, go for it. Um, and so going back to a couple of weeks ago, Frank Reich, since he started in Indy, has always been a risk taker. And, and you know, when it was kind of a toss up, he would go for it. And it, it didn't work. In, in that first game, uh, who they lose to. The Colts lost to the Bills in the first round of the playoffs, and, and part of that was, all right, failed fourth down conversion. I still stand by it. So anyway, it's a principal thing for me where it doesn't necessarily matter about the result. It matters. This is the, the mentality that we have. We're not going to play scared. We're not going to be afraid to lose games. We're going to go for it. So that's where I come out today. Uh, you know, LaFleur has done a great job with what he's done in Green Bay. So it's hard to criticize him fully. But I just think that was a missed opportunity. It wasn't the reason that they lost the game. Yeah, they had many other missed opportunities. I mean, you go to you go to the second quarter. I mean, yeah. defensively, you know, you're taught to not let anything get behind you. The saying is, be as deep as the deepest. You don't give up a touchdown. You let them throw the ball in front of you and get them on the ground halftime. You give up seven. Then you come out the first drive in the uh, second half, right? You get a you get a catch. The back fumbles the ball. A scoop. There it is. Not not the uh, commercial, but I love that. I love that commercial, by the way. But so um, you know that little dance thing. It's but, so um, good. I yeah, love I love it. that. But you know, so those two possessions, we we focus on that that call. But that was the game. That the game was lost 
the last drive in, in the second quarter and the, yeah. and the first drive in the third quarter. You know, but we we zero in on that one because, you know, we look at Aaron Rodgers, they're down at the eight-yard line, and but there were so many opportunities that they squandered. They had a chance to, to, to do some great things in the ball game, but though, to me, those two possessions are the one that put the put the water on the flame. And, and to me, that's where the game was lost. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I, yeah, I, to me, it's much more than one play. It's that overall mentality, and that's why I think the the Bucks came to win. Like they came with, they were like, we're going for it. We're going even that that throw to Scotty Miller. Like that's a great play that represents who the Bucks were on their way to a Super Bowl. And and then we'll we'll talk about Tom Brady because he's the one that changes that whole mentality too. Now, Bruce Arians has been the no risk it, no biscuit. So he's represented that. But then you couple that with Tom Brady coming into the building to provide belief to that franchise, a a franchise that in recent years, you know, hasn't, hasn't been much. They've struggled and Jameis Winston just could never really get them over the, the hump. And although he could throw great touchdowns and he'd throw a pick six and, and, they just never really believed that when it mattered, Winston could get them over the top to win games. So here comes Tom Brady. He walks into that building. He's changed the whole mentality. The standard's been, been raised, and, and now they believe, hey, when he's, when he's under center, even if he throws interceptions, he's going to make up for it. And, and even when you know Chris Godwin drops a pass, Tom Brady's going to go back to him, and he's going to make a big play. And, and so he, he – just instills confidence in the team and, and the whole, the, the whole franchise from top to bottom has been altered because Tom Brady steps in. And, and so we saw that on display and to think that here they were as a wild card team to go to Washington, New Orleans and green Bay, the number one seed and knock all those teams off. They deserve a ton of credit. And so Corey, you already mentioned, and I saw you stirring it up on, on social media as well. You want to be the, the Tom Brady hater and criticize him for the three interceptions or, or what, what was your takeaway in that regard? You, you mean you already just right there in, in your breakdown, you already deemed him as the, the football Messiah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's basically what you just said. If Tom Brady shows up, you know, the whole everything changes because his foot has stepped in Raymond James stadium. Right. And to me, Tom Brady was the goat, the best to play the position which I hate this thing to go anyway. I hate people always saying that because it's hard to compare errors, and I can go on on a whole show with that one. But Tom Brady, you can't take away what he's done. Can't take that away. He's won six Super Bowls. He's going to his 10th Super Bowl. You know, and everybody wanted to to go back and forth with me with that. That wasn't what I was talking about. And we go to Jameis Winston, right? We were quick to to throw Jameis under the bus. It's 30 and 30. But Jameis didn't have the same football team. Jameis didn't have all those weapons. You know, Tom Brady, we talk about Tom Brady, but they brought seven, eight other dudes in there with him to help this team. Of course it's better. I mean, it ain't just Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a great quarterback. He's going to go down as the greatest ever. But but to sit there last night with people, oh, Tom Brady. I'm like, did you know he had a 7.2 QBR in the second half? You know, if this was Lamar Jackson or if this was anybody else, they would be ripping him to shreds. But it's the great Tom Brady, and here's my problem. The the dude gets a pass all the time based on history, 
You know, I'm about Janet Jackson, too. It's like, dude, what you know? What have you done? The last Super Bowl that they won, the last Super Bowl that they won, you know, Tom Brady gets to win. Do you look at Tom Brady's numbers in that Super Bowl? What about the defense? And, yes, I'm a little salty because I'm a defensive guy. What about the defense that played their tails off, and they really were the one that won the Super Bowl, the last one, Tom Brady? He was terrible. But we focus – in this world of, oh, he's a GOAT, he gets all the credit. And, and just like quarterbacks get too much of the blame, too, when it's not their fault. But that was the thing that I was saying, that three picks, three t- first half, oh, sensational. Second half, second half, what in the world? You and I can go out there and have a 7.2 QBR. And he put his team in a position to lose. But who bailed them out? It was Tampa's defense. Against the Washington football team, who bailed them out? It was the Tampa's defense. Against New Orleans, it was Tampa's defense. But yet, the focal point never goes on to the – it's about Tom Brady, and it drives me nuts. I will tell you, all this conversation, all you fans, all these – Brady, 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 Brady. And listen, not to take away his greatness, not to take away what he's done. That's not what I'm talking about because I said – I told somebody he's he's the greatest regards he, if he won or lost the game. To yeah, me, yeah. you yeah. know, I, he didn't need that victory or to take Tampa back to the Super Bowl. But the thing is, we overlook that there's a lot of other pieces. Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette. Uh, Brown good, even play. Uh, I'm saying the course of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. You got some linemen that they brought in, they paid. I mean, there was – listen, I've been in the locker room, brothers. I know what it takes to win football games. You can't just – quarterback can't do it by himself. If he don't have the the, the help – he don't have the help last year, Jameis Winston, he had 30 interceptions, but they was forcing the ball down the field, right, all the time. Would not no, Protection was terrible. They had to get better offensive linemen, which for Tom Brady, they did that. It, these are just facts. These are just facts, but to say that Tom Brady, the Messiah, that steps into a locker room and then they, yo, the changes attitude, everything. Changes you know, everything. No, one person don't change everything. Not in the football team, basketball yeah. maybe, but you know, football. One person can't just walk in there because there are too many alpha males, alpha egos in that locker room. Yeah, does he add a lot to it? Because he's Tom Brady, absolutely. But it's not just because Tom Brady, and I think it's unfair to give one person all this credit. But the defense, the defense, we even going into the season, that's why Tom Brady went there because they already had a good defense. So we already knew they, they had a good defense. So yeah. I, I think, I think they've maybe gotten a little underrated, but, but I still think people that watch understand how strong they've been on, on all three levels of the defense. They've been very good. And Todd Bowles, one of our, our listeners mentioned Todd Bowles. He's done a tremendous job as as defensive coordinator and this was absolutely a complete team and and they 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 have tons of weapons all season long all these guys when when someone was injured you know godwin was down for a while and scotty miller stepped in and you know early in the season mike evans was kind of struggling but then late in the season he was awesome and 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 gronk wasn't great early then he was great late and cameron Brate at times was good so tons of weapons surrounding tom brady and a much more talented team than brady has had in recent years but we're talking about a 43-year-old quarterback, and, and he got them over the hump. Now, was he the, the, the reason on the field that, you know, he was just so unstoppable? No, because he, he threw three interceptions. But I think about – he didn't get him over the hump. Then that was a defense that got them over the hump. 
No, but we can, I know, we can say he got him over the hump, but the but, defense got him over the hump. But you said earlier in the first what who they wanted in the first half, and Tom Brady played tremendous in the first half, and the throw he that did. he made to Scotty Miller. Now it was a bad defensive play by Green Bay. I'll give you that. <laughs> King King missed missed coverage on that one, but but Brady. <laughs> so, let's just compare it though for a second. All right, okay. Drew, Drew Brees in New Orleans, Philip Rivers in Indy, Big Ben in Pittsburgh. Why did those teams lose? They all had great defenses. The same, they were all loaded with talent. But those quarterbacks didn't get it done. Those quarterbacks didn't get them over the hump. They were the reason that they couldn't, in, in, when it mattered most, they didn't get the win. Tom Brady did. And so well, that – I, I mean, I could go argue that, you know, those defenses were struggling a lot more than, than what Tampa's doing right now. So, but, but my point is this. It's not taken away from his history – and what he has accomplished, right? Because, and I'm one of those guys that New England, you know, back in the day, and everybody wants to make secure, you know, who's, 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 who gets more credit, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? You know, like, what? that is one of the dumbest things ever to me. What do you mean who gets more credit? They all get credit because Bill Belichick in that front office and making moves and doing things, that means a lot. He's not on the field. You know, the decisions he made, and you know, they both get equally, just like those players. They get equally because everybody contributes, even the scout team, for giving the team looks during the week. All this stuff go hand in hand, but we, we live in a world that we, we want to so quickly point out individuals, especially when we talk, talk about a team sport. Like biblically, you know, it talks about the members of the body. They all have different functions. No, none is more greater than the other one. The pastor is no more greater than the deacon, or the deacon no more greater than the one that, to me, the one that come and make sure the church is warm so that when they walk in in the wintertime, they all has to work together for things to work. And, yes, Tom Brady is great, but to say all of those players, you know, that all those players that contribute, and especially in the playoffs, guys, because to go on the road and do what they did is special, that means you got to do two things. You got to pack up defense. Your defense has to travel, and you need to be able to run the ball. Who they got a guy who was a first round high pick, Leonard Fournette, who has been an accomplished back who came and really turned it on in the playoffs as well. So you know, again, Tom Brady, yes, confidence. Yeah, we got a, we got a Super Bowl winning quarterback, guys. But we can't forget all these other pieces that Tampa brought in so kudos to the ownership and the management group for saying hey tom what you need and they gave it to him whereas james winston didn't get that and 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 yeah he didn't the interception is another that's another topic but i don't think tom brady deserves all of the credit of this pie on the super bowl run but but uh, we'll move on but even even mentioning antonio brown and rob gronkowski and all the bucks went out and got them no 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 tom brady went out and got those guys do you think Jameis Winston can handle Antonio Brown in his locker room? He never, he never demonstrated that, that that would be a, a type of environment. But Brady brought in Antonio Brown. We didn't hear a peep out of him. All the troubles and shenanigans he had, he comes underneath with Tom Brady, and, and, and he was good this year. And, and, and Rob Gronkowski's out living the dream. He's on The Masked Singer. He's, he's on Fox as an analyst. And Tom Brady calls up his buddy and says, hey, man, we're getting the boys back together. I, I need you back. Jameis Winston wasn't calling Rob Gronkowski to come out of retirement because he's not going to do it. Guys want to play with Brady. So, so again, it goes back to him bringing those guys with him. And in the offensive line, they, they, they protect him better because Brady, now because he's been around so long, 
he understands the schemes for offensive linemen and puts them in great spots as well. So I, I it's not that I disagree with you, but, I, but it's just, I, cause I'm all for the team as well. It's it, because look what new England had last year with uh, Brady. They didn't have enough. The defense wasn't good enough. You didn't have enough weapons on offense. And so they, they went out early. Um, so right. now they, 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 they were spending the money to get the help that they need That's That's what I'm saying. It's yeah, Tom Brady last year. Tom Brady didn't have what they saw. He don't have any weapons, right? He don't have any weapons. What was it last year? And doing, he don't have any guys. And he yep. looked he looked just average. Now he goes to Tampa. He got a bunch of guys. Because here's one thing, guys. You put Gronkowski on the field. You put Antonio Brown on the field. You got Mike Evans. You got all these, these weapons, a defense. It changes how you play these guys. Who you gonna Who you gonna double? Who you gonna go let go uh, isolate one on one? Who you know? You got the, all of these things makes a difference, and it makes it easier for Tom Brady to navigate this offense just because the potential of these guys that you got in here to be able to make plays. And so, you know, Tom Brady is great. Listen, Tom Brady is great, and, and listen, I think he's a great dude. I met him, rode on a plane, sitting in first class together, going to Junior Seattle's golf tournament. I'll never forget it. And nice. he told me he was breaking up with his girlfriend, then, then girlfriend, <laughs> and, and going out <laughs> on a West Coast trip to Junior Seattle's golf. True story. Oh, and, and he broke up with his girlfriend at the golf tournament. Believe that. So I had good conversation <laughs> with him. And I think he's a great dude. But I just, I'm, a, I'm, I like to keep things real. Y'all know me. It's like, Hey, I'm not going. I'm not one just to jump on a train because you know everybody. Oh, Tom Brady's the greatest goat. Goat. He was already that before the game, you know. But give these other dudes some credit. Give the this defense. They are the reason. Defense wins championships. And Tom Brady. It's obvious because his last Super Bowl win. Yeah, look at his numbers. It wasn't because he was spinning the ball and throwing it to a bunch of frisbee catching dogs all day long. It was because the defense showed up and won the Super Bowl. But they don't get the credit. We talk about his six, his six. But you go back and look at him, look at some of the numbers he put up, and then look what the defense done. So why don't we say the defense is six? Just saying. <laughs> he's still around. Those guys are long gone. He's still playing. He's still playing. Luke, I know you, Luke with the stash, I know he's – see, a man that got a stash like that agrees with the passive pain. I know that. <laughs> Luke, Luke, there's no way you're wearing that mustache for your wedding. <laughs> yes, he is. Hey, I'll tell you what. I, I'm, I made a deal. I proposed with the mustache. So oh. the engagement pictures are with the stash. But the female, she loves like a, a three-week grown beard. So I've been trying to perfect that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Great, but not great. Not great. It's still red, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like a white knight. Um, <laughs> and if you, I don't think I'll be a silver fox. It's gonna be like white when I'm older. But got a few got a few thoughts here. One, lighthearted. Corey, you mentioned Diet Coke and Diet Dr Pepper on the couch a few minutes back, <laughs> and I am personally offended at any diet soda that has ever been created. How on earth? That's like kicking you, a field goal. I have tried Diet Dr. Pepper, and it is blasphemy. Uh, Dr. You've got to go the original Dr. Pepper. Uh, on a second note, it is – I agree. For, for Green Bay, <laughs> I, I, I still cannot fathom to kick a field goal. I feel you're down eight. got to go. you got to go for the touchdown. And two, giving the ball back to Tom Brady, expecting to get it back, is more likely than not going to be a death sentence. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's, it's on it, more than average. It's absolutely a death sentence 
to give Tom Brady the ball back and hope to get it back yourself. Now, I will say, though, the fourth quarter was defense, defense, defense. Rodgers and Brady couldn't get it done. No. Both of them were three and outs, or, or uh, they, they get a first down and have to punt. Both defenses came up and were bailing their quarterbacks out time and time again, which was fascinating because the first half was a quarterback duel. So it was truly a tale of two halves. Um, but yeah, my, my, my biggest comment is just, I, I've got to represent my Dr. Pepper fandom because I was just <laughs> extremely saddened by the shout out to Diet Dr. Pepper. I, I don't really drink soda anymore. It's too much sugar. I just, I don't do it much, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going all in. The I, diet don't, the diet don't have sugar. Well, I, but I, then it's even it's worse. Not, it's, it's, worse it's, like, it's like a chemical, chemical yeah, compounds left and right. I can't do it. So. Uh, yeah, I think the, the lesson learned here is go, going for a diet drink is like kicking a field goal. So if, if you're going to if you're going to grab a soda, you better go all in. It better be loaded with real sugar. It better be a true Coca-Cola. Hey, no more field goals. Get the real. I've laid off the diet drinks myself. I drink more water. except my coffee in the morning. And then most of the day it's water because I'm doing the whole no sugar thing right now. So oh, that's this, right. You're this, this, sugar anyway. Week number four, guys. Week number four. That's nice. Impressive. Keep it, keep it going, Corey. That that's awesome. Well, let, let me just I'm gonna throw one thing out. And this is more for the for the audience because so on Saturday, Daddy Daughter Day, hanging out with Maddie. We were driving around town, went out, got her a soccer ball. We were kicking in the backyard. But as I was driving around, I was listening to different sports radio. Poor little Maddie. Poor little Maddie. We weren't we weren't doing sing-alongs. We were listening to sports radio. But one of the topics on one channel was how we take Tom Brady for granted. So this was before the game yesterday. And, and he was talking about, you know, what do we take for granted in sports? And maybe Steph Curry and his three-point ability. I got Steph Curry up on the wall. Uh, maybe it's, it's LeBron James and, and, and the Lakers. And so it was an interesting conversation. And then I, I turned over to another channel, and the guy was talking about how tired he is of Tom Brady. And so I'm curious, our audience listening today, what, what camp do you, do you find yourself in? Do you feel like, man, I, I, I need to embrace Brady more I probably take him for granted and what he's accomplished or are you just tired are you tired that here he goes again in another Super Bowl and and it kind of goes back to you know a few weeks ago when Alabama was playing in another national championship it's same kind of question do we take Alabama for granted or are we just tired of them and and this is the same old same old so um, I'm intrigued by kind of everybody's thoughts on that um, I think for me I've just gone through these these waves of feelings for uh, Tom Brady over the years. Cause I used to, I, I, I hated them because the, the Patriots beat the Panthers back in 04, I guess that Super Bowl, And, and so that was a, a, a bummer for, for uh, 2003. Um, and so, you know, I didn't like the Patriots didn't like Tom Brady, but then eventually he, he'd stuck around for so long. You're like, this guy's awesome. And then you start hearing him in interviews and he's on TV shows and you're like, this guy's not so bad. Um, but now it's kind of like, wait, they're really doing it again. He's really going to another Super Bowl. Uh, so I can see why people get tired of him. And, and there's probably some years where that's the case uh, for me as well. But let, let's, let's also bring into the conversation the Kansas City Chiefs. So heading into the year, I, I will say I expected them to get back. They were too talented. They were able to bring all their players back. Patrick Mahomes in the prime of his career, if not maybe on the verge of the prime, he could probably get even better. Um, they're basically unstoppable. But I think to Corey's point, we'll, we'll break down the game more as the, the weeks go on, you know, two weeks before the Super Bowl. But I think because of the defense of Tampa Bay, they should make this game interesting. But, but man, the, the, the Chiefs getting back, not having the kind of the Super Bowl hangover of winning and getting complacent, 
they were hungry enough to run it back and to get into this position. So I, I think what Andy Reid has done, Eric Bieniemy, even Spagnola with the defense, the, the Chiefs don't get a lot of love on their defense either. So uh, what did you guys make of that with, with the Bills? Almost making it interesting at the end, but just not having enough. I'll tell you what, I'm a jersey apologist, and I, for one, could not stop looking at the Bills jerseys. I mean, the, the white helmets, they're, they're pristine. I loved the Bills jerseys. At um, least they, they looked good from a jersey standpoint, because I don't know about the field. They did look good. Um, so when they went up, was it 10-0? I was 9-0. This is very, very interesting. But, I mean, it, Bryce, you're right. The whole narrative, you, you almost expect Kansas City to get there. It, during the regular season, I didn't think Pittsburgh was going to hold up. Um, I didn't think they were going to hold up for and have the longevity that Kansas City was going to. And with a healthy Mahomes, with his weapons, I, I saw a tweet. To beat Kansas City, it's not getting the ball out of Mahomes' hands. You just got to outscore him. Like he, his his playoff games, I think it's maybe maybe one or two games that he scored less than thirty points. I mean, Kansas City puts up points and points and more points. It, 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 Buffalo just didn't have the gas to hang with them. Especially you get you get Kansas City rolling in the second half. You give you give them a little bit of a lead. I mean, that is a team that you can't get behind and catch up to. So Buffalo did a great job getting out early, but man. When it, when Kansas City gets rolling, it gets bad quick. It, it yeah. does. We finally saw an onside kick though work. So at Which least the was, Bills added a little yes. history. It was almost bedtime. Yes. It was like, all right, this game's over. And then, ooh, okay. Absolutely. And Corey, I want to get your thoughts on this. Near the end of the game, when Josh Allen throws a ball at the Kansas City player's face mask, ooh. and then the Bills lineman comes over, protects his QB because the Kansas City player was John at Josh Allen, shoves him. Me. I love seeing that, and probably because Andy Dalton got rocked this year for the Cowboys, and nobody, no one in a Cowboys uniform stuck up for him. So I'm looking, I'm looking, I love, especially when a lineman, big beef eater comes in, protects his QB. So love seeing that they love, they have respect for Josh Allen and the culture in Buffalo. That right there told me that the culture in Buffalo was great. So Corey, I want to know your thoughts. What from a player's perspective, protecting the QB. How do, how do you go about that? That's that's really an excellent point, uh, Luke. Uh, yeah, I love that. Uh, speaking of Cowboys, it's the Cowboys. I mean, they're lying <laughs> up scared. I mean, they were soft. They ain't going to fight nobody. You know, they're not going to come in and protect Andy Dalton. But in this case, yeah, that's what – even though, you know, Josh Allen started the fight, so to speak, right? He threw the ball at the defender. Um, but you love the fact that they had their quarterbacks back. And, um, you know, of course, I don't – I don't sign off on fighting and kicking and all that crazy. Go ahead, Bryce. Well, no, no I was going to say, Josh Allen's the one that threw the ball. Yeah, he's – So, so yeah. it's nice they defended him, but he was kind of in the wrong there. I mean, he got, he yeah. got pushed down, so I understand that. It was a little bit of, a, of an extra oomph as he went to the ground. So maybe a defend from that standpoint, but he's the one that threw the ball. Yeah, he, he started it. So, you know, and then, you know, of course, the, not really a melee, but, but I, to answer Luke's question, I – yeah, a little chaos there. I, I think that's great when the offensive lineman, especially you just got beat so bad to get yeah. the guy sacked anyway. <laughs> you know, hey, my whole point is this, Luke. I would much rather for you to be tough blocking the guy, will you? Yes. Will you just block yes. the guy, show yes. that aggression while you blocking him instead of getting <laughs> me blown up in the backfield? I appreciate right. the effort. I do. But yep. – 
Come on, man. Block better. But, Do it on the front yeah. end. Do it yeah, on the front end. Do it on the front end, man. Listen, yeah. Josh Allen is the worst sack quarterback in the history of football. That's I've never bad. seen a dude get 30-yard sacks all the time. I mean, like, get rid of the ball and just, just fall down. Save us 22 yards. I mean, I understand you try to make a play, but sometimes he, he has to get smarter, and I think that's what we saw last night in the difference of these quarterback guys is that Josh Allen – being, a, you know, when it was 27 years or 20, however years, many years it's been since Buffalo been in the championship game, I believe it was 27 years, it showed, right? Yeah. And a, and a lot of people, you know, was hitting me up, man, Buffalo going to win. I said, listen, no, they're not. I said, they're not going to win this game because nine to nothing is nothing. This is what Kansas City does. Uh, Super Bowl, San Francisco, big lead. Last year in the playoff, Deshaun Watson and Houston played. Yeah, I mean, they play from behind. And I was watching, guys. I was like, this team shows more poise than anybody perhaps that I have ever seen, you know, when they're behind. It's like, this is what we want to be. Like, they play better when they are behind. It's like Patrick Mahomes. All right, boys, (laughs) we're going to put the foot on the gas now. And, you know, they give them an easy touchdown, you know, with uh, Hartman uh, dropping the ball and muffed the punt. So. You know, listen, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, they got weapons just like I talked about in Tampa Bay, but Tampa don't have these kind of weapons. This, they're different kind of weapons. This is like, uh, okay, Bryce, you're driving a nice Cadillac sports car. And We're then dreaming Kansas, We're dreaming. We're dreaming. Kansas City got a Ferrari. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you roll up in your two-door sports Cadillac and it looks good and the Cadillac is a nice ride, you know. But then somebody pulls up, bro, and it's <laughs> – that's, I mean, that's what Kansas City has, like, zoom, zoom, zoom. And, you know, then they got the big Kelsey that just mauls the middle of the field. So, man, what a great win. Let me but, jump in. Let me jump – go ahead, Luke. I was going to say, you may be right that Kansas City has Ferraris, but Tampa Bay has a Toyota, Toyota Sienna minivan and Mike Evans, because <laughs> consistency and longevity. Mike Evans has yet to not have a thousand yard receiving in the NFL. Every season he's played has been a thousand yards receiving. It's impressive. He may not be as flashy, but that dude is done. a mini. He's a minivan. He just he doesn't stop. He keeps going. <laughs> I, I learned how to drive with a minivan, so I, I love oh, it. I love a good minivan. I don't, I, don't, I don't have one yet, but well, he day. had a lot of flat tires with that minivan because he has some key <laughs> critical drops. <laughs> I mean, my matter of fact, he, he needs to apologize to Tom Brady because I'm getting on Brady the three interceptions. Really, I could probably point to a couple of them being his fault. I yeah. mean, so come on. I mean, yeah, he's a nice Sierra, whatever you say, with the electric slide door with the, <laughs> on the key fob. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But the, these Ferraris, brother, like he gonna be he gonna be sucking up some tail, some exhaust pipe, coming in a couple of weeks. Woo! Doom, uh, doom. I, I I got to go back to Travis Kelsey because I he's like my favorite player. Him and Adam Thielen are two of my favorite players, and so I always try to get him in fantasy football. But Travis Kelsey to me is, and I, I've tried to figure out exactly how to word this, but is he the most valuable offensive weapon you know outside of the quarterback because? Him and then the next tight end is such a drop-off. You can name a number of great running backs, you know, Henry and Kamara and McCaffrey and all these guys. But when you start talking tight ends, it's Kelsey and Kittle when healthy is great. And that's why they were in the Super Bowl last year. 
But Travis Kelsey is so dangerous, and he doesn't just beat you the way you know normally great tight ends beat you. Like he can do the Tony Gonzalez game and beat you that way. Then, like you just kind of mentioned, Corey, you know they'll, they'll throw it to him and the little pitch and up the middle, and I mean all these different creative ways he can run up the middle. He can go outside. I mean it doesn't matter. He'll catch the ball. You just get it to him somewhere near there, uh, near his arms. He's catching it. And so to me, he's so valuable. And I, not to, it doesn't take anything away from Mahomes or Tyree Kill, but but I, to me, Kelsey is on another level of value, uniqueness, and separation from everybody else. And and he gets a lot of credit, but man, I, I it's almost like he doesn't get enough for, for for to me how he makes the defense guess. And you don't, you can't really guard him. There's no scheme to guard him he's unstoppable maybe that's the best way to put it he's the most unstoppable offensive player in the league i'll put it that way uh yeah i, I put him up there i mean because i think he and what they do they move him around i mean because yeah. you know he's just not what they call a y tight end which means he's on the line of scrimmage hands down uh, next to the tackle they use him as a u which means off the balls the move tight end that's normally like an h back or slot guy, so that he could do all three of those things yep. and, and and create mismatches uh, for a defense. Whether you try to put a safety on him when he's out here and then the slot is a number two wide receiver, or you're trying to walk a linebacker out who's in an over front where the guy the guy got to slide out. Nobody can cover him, and, and um, you know, and they they do all these crazy things with him as well. So you know, he is a great asset because when you got Holmes and you got Harmon, you got and when Sammy Watkins, when he's healthy, and then those other two guys that, that nobody talks about who are great weapons down the field, they can stretch the field. It opens things up for him, right? Because you're worried about getting beat deep, so you're playing a lot like the Bills last night, a lot of soft coverages. You know, they were basically saying, hey, we're not going to get beat deep. You're not going to get behind us like old boy in Green Bay did in the second quarter. You know, we're going to be as deep as the deepest, and we'll let you have all these underneath throws and methodically move the football down the field, and then we'll try to tighten up our coverage in the red zone. That was the game plan, and it worked for about one one series. <laughs> but, you know, now you got Kelsey. Now you got those backs that are out in the passing route, five out. I mean, Kansas City just comes at you in so many ways, guys. It's, again, that's what I talk about with Tampa. When you got those types of weapons, who are you going to take away? Yeah, I mean, double team. Yeah, I mean, because Holmes is like they move him around. Harmon, they move these guys around just like Devontae Smith was for Alabama. Steve Sarkeesian, they moved him around where you can't just jam him or can't just run Robert coverage and double him. But they put him, they move him around, which makes it extremely difficult for a defense to try to cover. So this is the problem as we talk about in a couple of weeks, the matchup with, with as good as Tampa's defense is, their cornerbacks kind of get exposed a little bit. Their safeties who the first two are hurt, you know, that's going to be a problem. Who's How are you going to cover these guys? So they just create and cause so many issues, guys, for defense. I think it's going to be intriguing. Uh, it's going to be fun. Two really good offenses. You know, people will say, hey, you got the old GOAT, but now you got the new GOAT. Yeah. You know, the new GOAT, Patrick Mahomes. Man, this dude is majestic. He's a magician. He can do it all. <laughs> He's smart. I mean, and he put up quarterback numbers. Compare him and Brady's yesterday. You know, brag about those numbers Patrick Mahomes put up. Yeah. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions. You know, but not one that's just three and three. So it's like Patrick Mahomes is the real deal now. He is the GOAT of the league right now. 
Yeah, no, no argument there, especially coming off the injury concerns. And, you know, was he going to play? Was he not going to play? Of course he was going to play, and he played even better than we could have hoped uh, for him to play. And, and he plays with such ease. And you used the word earlier, poise. The Chiefs are so poised. They don't panic. They're not worried about being down nine. They, they can score in so many different ways. They can score whenever they want, ultimately. Um, and so they almost kind of give teams a little bit of lead just to make it interesting. You got to just make it a little interesting for us. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with the matchup. Uh, Chiefs Bucks, we'll talk more about it next Monday. Um, man, our, our hour together flies by. Uh, I did want to mention just a couple other things, and we'll have the whole offseason to get into this more. But I, I found it very intriguing that Matthew Stafford and the Lions are moving on, and, and now Stafford being a, a available. And I started thinking about all Panthers. the different – I would love for him to come to the Panthers, also the Colts. I think Colts or Panthers would be great. But, but what's so fascinating, the, the quarterback carousel will be the craziest we've ever seen in the offseason. To have so many question marks across the league – I mean, there's only – I don't know, a handful of guys where they're locked in for next year. You know, Mahomes and a few a few others. But but think about it. Aaron Rodgers kind of left the door open yesterday. Oh, what about my future? You know, is he going to come back? Is he going to force a trade? So that at least adds to the, 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 the conversation and the controversy. And then, of course, Deshaun Watson. Is he gonna, does he want to really go to the Jets? Are, are the Dolphins really going to keep Tua? Uh, San Francisco, who do they go and get? Or do they keep Garoppolo? New England's going to be looking for a quarterback. Then where does Cam end up? Drew Brees, he retires. Do they really go with Winston, or is it Hill? Do one of those guys go somewhere else? And, and the list goes on and on and on. Dak and, Prescott in Dallas, still question marks. That's right. Does somebody else make an offer for him, and they maybe they you know sign him to a franchise tag and trade him? Um, Andy Dalton, does he get a chance somewhere else if, they, if the Cowboys go with Dak? Carson so, Wentz. It just goes on and on and on and on and on and all the different uh, question marks. Is there one quarterback, I guess, for you guys that you're most intrigued where he's going to end up? I I look at this whole carousel. It's always an issue, right, in the NFL quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, and now everybody's seen Tom Brady do the impossible, go to Tampa Bay and get this team to the Super Bowl. And, you know, that ain't going to happen. Like, that just, that's like a once in a lifetime type of deal because normally most quarterbacks that leave, you know, Peyton Manning done it, right? He went to Denver, won a Super Bowl again. Same, just like Tom Brady, his numbers was atrocious. But yet we, <laughs> we say Peyton, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl. No, he didn't. Dude threw for like a – he had Tim Tebow numbers throwing the football. I mean, but, yeah, he, he took the snap, but that's about all he did. Um, <laughs> you know, but to me, it's like Deshaun Watson. You know, and I, I hope we could get into this, uh, you know, maybe later on in the week or next week. He is the most intriguing out of all those people you said. You know what? Matthew Stafford, great time in Detroit, but you are you with a losing organization. They have a loser. Now, that organization has a losing mentality, period. Yeah. I mean, how they treated Barry Sanders back when I played just to let this dude retire just because your organization is so bad. So I expect him to move on. I expect to see him maybe in Indianapolis, or I think Bill Belichick takes a run at this guy. But Deshaun Watson is the guy you look at because here's a guy that just signed a big-time contract, right, and it was smart because he didn't just sign his life away. He, he signed a short-term deal. Now with the way they are doing uh, with this organization, he, he, he's not coming back. And, 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 and this is unfortunate, and, I, and a guy that's a friend of mine, but I've heard this too much from players, and when players start to speak, it's truth. When, it, when they start to talk about 
you know, I, I hate to even start to throw his name out there, but he's a, he was, I won't even say, but he was a chaplain in New England, won the Super Bowls. You know, he used to work at the University of South Carolina with Don Staley and the basketball team. He's a friend of mine. But the players are ripping him and saying he is the reason because he was hired by Bill O'Brien, who's now at Alabama as the OC. But they are blaming Jack Easterby, I'm going to just say it, as, as one that has destroyed the front office. And, and so I think it's this guy goes from, which is kind of like, how do you go from a chaplain right to to like second in charge under the general manager who has zero experience in football like that or in the NFL. And so to the point that Deshaun Watson says, listen, I'm out of here. And Deshaun Watson, Christian dude, you know, came up under that Dabo 20 Clemson regime with faith. The fact that, you know, Easterby is an issue, guys, and that this dude don't want him don't want to play for you is a problem and he's going to be up out of because he's going to demand a trade i think he goes to miami i think they try to make some kind of trade with tua uh that that, that might be something that works you know or i think the jets and i know a lot of these folks here want him but I, you know would you are you willing to give up a christian mccaffrey for deshaun watson you know and, and some draft picks you know so that's probably what's going to have to happen if, if for the Panthers to make that kind of move but deshaun watson is the most intriguing off-season uh, decision. Will he force a trade to say, Houston, I'm out of here. Houston, we got a problem, and I'm out. And so that, to me, is the most intriguing one. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree because he's in the absolute prime of his career and, and the, the, the potential as well is, is through the roof and what he's already shown. I mean, they've been a, he's been a winner in, in Houston. This year was a down year, but it was the Bill O'Brien debacle and, and all that. And, you know, I, I, we don't know fully what all has happened in the front office and what they've told Deshaun Watson and then maybe how they haven't lived up to what they said they were going to do as far as him being involved in certain processes. And, and they, they blew it. I mean, they, they squandered a top talent and, and to, to get him to this point where he's this upset. And, and, and I think mo- most of the times, most of the time, we criticize athletes. We're very quick to criticize athletes who complain and say, I want out, that, that demand trades. And, you know, whether it's James Harden in the NBA and, and guys like that, where we jump all over them. But Sometimes we don't always know the full story. We don't always know some of the, the, the personal dynamics behind the scenes and where there was miscommunication and, and, and a lack of trust that, that happens. And so we can't, we have to, I think we all have to be careful as fans because I, I guess part of it is because I'm a Watson defender because I think he is a great guy. So I don't want to, I don't want to criticize him for demanding a trade. I kind of understand it because we watched Bill O'Brien. We saw him trade away DeAndre Hopkins which is one of the, the, the dumbest trades in the history of sports to get rid of a top wide receiver when you have an unbelievable quarterback and you could have had those two guys for the next seven years anyway uh, playing at an elite level. So it's understandable that, that Watson would get to this point to say, hey, I, I, can't, I can't stay here. Well, this because is, they had an issue, and I've known this because I've talked to some people that's close to the situation, is that they had, you know, Hopkins is that kind of dude, you know what I mean? He's, he's outspoken and, you know, and him and Bill O'Brien – just could not come together. And mm-hmm. and then you get, you know, Jack Easter involved and go and he goes who's which kind of goes to O'Brien and said about the character of players. Well, mm-hmm. this guy don't have good character. This guy don't have this is the NFL. You have to you got to you got to blend 
some characters with some good characters with bad characters make it work and and facilitate that you can't just run everybody off that doesn't agree with a front office decision and that's what's happening and and then Deshaun Watson now I love him but I don't think any player should have no decision on who a front office I'm sorry I don't care how great you yeah. are a player be be the player be a leader of the locker room you don't go to the front office and tell the general manager or the owners who they got to hire. Now, I'm all, I think he's right because Eric B. Enemy is there higher when you got that kind of quarterback and, and go get you some weapons with Eric B. Enemy calling plays. The man that everybody says a great leader of men and all, and he's under Andy Reid's coaching tree. To me, it was a no brainer hire. But when you just refuse to even interview the guy, who's one of the hottest coaches. Like, I understand why he's upset, but still no player should be able to say, hey, I'm going to leave if you don't hire this guy. You know, yeah, you may not yeah, like it. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I kind of, like, I'm in a I little care. bit like, come on. You know, yep. but I understand if you got leverage as a player and can walk out the door and get something and say, hey, this is it, then do it. But I don't think you should be demanding for a, a team to hire somebody as a player. You just – I don't care how great you are. I don't think that's that's the right thing. But I think you can look at, like, think about Matthew Stafford. There he was stuck in Detroit for all those years. Oh. So his, I mean, his <laughs> I players, understand. I mean, I understand. Yeah, I mean, it's like you you get stuck in some of those spots. Carson Palmer in Cincinnati. And, and you know, these guys were number one picks, top players. And eventually you go, I, I, I'm stuck here. Like, this is a nightmare. So for Watson to say, I see where this is heading. This isn't a good spot. I got to move on. I, I do understand it. Um, so right. it's a big, it's a big, it's a big topic. Yeah. Eli Manning demanded it before he even got to the team, right? And they said, That's "I ain't playing for this bad organization. Send me to the Giants." And it worked out for him. Two Super Bowls later. Yep. And it's, and it's they- always it's always fascinating to to really think about great talents being ruined by situations. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, because I mean, how, for however great Brady is, he was in a situation where he could be great. Matthew Stafford hasn't had that situation. Deshaun Watson is seeing the writing on the wall and is maybe trying to get out of that situation because there's a ton of talents that could be historically way better names, but their situations ruined them. So it's really fascinating. That's again, that's why I would say Deshaun Watson's the most intriguing because he is a player that if you put him in a, a, I mean, an, an average situation, I mean, he's, he could do incredible things. So that that's what I always uh, really like to think about is, man, what if this guy was drafted here? What if he actually spent his career here? And who, who, who could have known that uh, who, who would have known how great they would be? Well, they better not go to the jets because that's, that yeah, I don't, know that. That, that I don't think the situation would change. There's, I don't think their situation would really change if you if you just plug and play quarterbacks. I mean, they have massive holes they still need to fill all over the roster. Miami would be a good spot. I, I actually think Carolina would be a great spot for. Them, to be honest with you, because with yep. those those receivers, those young receivers that they have, they they get them a tight end. That's what they need. Go get them a guy that's you know a Kelsey Quarles type of guy. Um, that can really threaten that middle of the field. They keep McCaffrey, who's we've seen now with Kamara and these backs, the new version of running backs now that are hybrids. You can keep him there with Deshaun Watson. Man, and that defense just plays, you know, a little bit better than they played just last year. They've been with Phil Snow. They've gotten better. You know, they get, some, you know, some good pieces in the back end, but they can cover some people, get, get off the field on third down. Deshaun Watson 
I think if the Panthers can make this happen, guys, Drew Brees is gone. You know, so yeah. Atlanta, Matty Ice is getting old. I mean, you know, they got to do it. be back. Yeah, and then you got Grandfather Tom down there and, 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 uh, and Tom Brady. You know, they're going to slope off here. So the Panthers can get back in the mix if they get the trigger man. They need a trigger man. Listen, you can't win without and get to the highest level without a trigger man. Look at the Final <laughs> Four last night. I mean, yep. yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the playoffs in general. Definitely. 90% of them have pretty daggered. These are the top quarterbacks in the league. So if I'm the Panthers – I'm going to say, hey, you know what, guys? We're going to trade a lot of stuff here. We can get Watson back home in Carolina. Boy, your fan base going to grow. All the Clemson fans, right? But you're oh, going to yeah. pack the stadium. It's a, fi- it's a financial boost. You know, we're going to be better. Our eyes will be on us. So if I'm these guys right here, I'm going to keep pounding the door and say, what do we need <laughs> to give you? Except <laughs> for Christian McCaffrey. We'll give you a couple years of first-rounders, whatever it may yeah, be. Oh, yeah. But – but we're not giving up McCaffrey because he's that piece that Deshaun Watson would need. But if they could get this thing done, whoo, boy. It'd be great. I sure, we're I sure hope he doesn't, real. That's it. I, I sure hope he doesn't go to the Jets. That sounds like a disaster. So I don't know what I don't know who who sent that rumor out this weekend, but that was oh, his list of preferred teams are the Jets. Bogus. Just what? bogus. There's no no chance that's a preferred destination. For I, I Zero chance. I would be shocked. So we'll see. Some, someone said uh, John Lynch better get Watson to the Niners. Yeah, I mean, I think that would also be a great fit because the Niners were a Super Bowl team last year. They still have tons of great players on defense. Probably not quite as many weapons on offense. I love George Kittle, but... Um, they got Debo Samuel. Debo yeah. is the truth. Debo is the dude, buddy. It doesn't matter who the running back is. They plug anybody in back there, but... Um, I like the Panthers' weapons offensively. Like, like you said, to plug in Watson with those guys, I think it's a, it's a great spot for sure. All right, so we got, we got so much uh, left to get to. we we, we got to wrap up the show here. We just need a 90-minute to two-hour podcast, bro. That's right. we gotta, <laughs> we got to extend it. We're already in overtime today, so uh, thanks to all the we listeners. Raise some donations or something to say on there. That's right. That's right. Oh, sow a seed so we can exceed. <laughs> oh, here you go. Sow a seed so that we can exceed. I like yeah. it. There you go. There you I, go. Sound like a, I sound like a TV evangelist. Yeah, we better not go there. <laughs> not go there. Um, but no, t- so tonight, though, we will be back together again, and it'll be Sports Trivia Night, Super Bowl edition. We're fired up for it. Uh, you can register for free. Uh, it's unpackingit.com slash trivia, and we'll send out the link. Basically, you know, I'll, I'll be asking the questions. Uh, Corey's going to be hanging out with us. And you can compete with other sports fans. And so it's, uh, we did it last year. Kind of the, the, the Rona led us to do it. And, and it turned out to be a ton of fun. And so we're bringing it back. We're going to do it tonight. And then next Thursday, uh, both will be Super Bowl edition, different questions. And so register for either one of those. Uh, and then also, Monday through Friday, we also do a devotional that goes out through email and social media. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I, I take a current sports story and, and write about how it relates to our own lives, how it relates to the Bible. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Corey does it video version. Uh, he takes different topics and, and, and encourages us and challenges us as the pastor of pain. And, and so we always uh, appreciate that. So you can subscribe to Unpack This on our website, unpackingit.com. Monday on the show. We wrap things up by talking about Monday's Unpack This Topic. And so today, I'm actually going to be writing this after the show. 
but we're going to write about Tom Brady. And, and, and here's, here's what stuck out, stuck out to me yesterday. I'm watching the game with my dad and we were watching the celebration and, and Tom Brady, you know, he got up there and was being interviewed and he, he was actually the one saying, Hey, talk to somebody else. Let's hear from somebody else. So you want, you want other people to get credit. Tom Brady was willing to give some other guys credit there, Corey. But, but what was interesting is all the guys were, you know, hanging out, celebrating and there Tom Brady was getting a selfie or taking a selfie with one of the players. I'm not sure what player it was, but 43 year old Tom Brady hanging out with 20 something year old, probably a backup cornerback or, you know, a special teams wide receiver or something. There he is in the mix doing the selfie. So my dad and I are sitting there and, and we joked and, and said, Oh, Tom Brady has got to introduce himself to all these players. You know, he's, Hey, uh, I'm, I, you know, I, this guy's got to tell him, Hey, I'm the third string cornerback and that kind of thing. And so we were joking about that. Then later on, Shaq Barrett was interviewed by uh, Aaron Andrews after the game. And, and I loved what he said. I, I watched it again this morning to, uh, to get the quote. And, and this is what uh, Shaq Barrett said about Tom Brady. His leadership in the locker room is amazing. He's always talking to everybody, the first man to the last man on the roster. When you're seeing your main guy doing that, one of the big time guys doing it, we all feed off of it, making for a great locker room relationship, a lot of camaraderie. It's working out as you can see. And so here I was joking about it, thinking, oh, Brady, you know, Mr. Superstar. He doesn't know who these guys are. And, and Shaq Barrett kind of squelched that, that theory. And, and, and what, what it made me think about is how in life, and so we, we all can kind of relate to this, that Maybe we're the one, maybe we're the number one guy in our company, or, or maybe we're the third guy or fourth guy, or maybe we're the 53rd guy. And, and regardless, though, we're all, we find ourselves in situations where we can elevate ourselves or treat people fairly and evenly and show, show respect to people equally from a, from a, a, a love standpoint, a respect standpoint, whether it's the waitress whether it's the, the person we get to you know, take out from, whether it's somebody that's working on our house and you know, we hire them to come do something and we either treat them with respect or we kind of, oh, they're just here to, to serve me. They're just here to, to help me out. And all oh, this waitress is just here for me. The person at the cash register is just here for me. Or we humble ourselves and, and we take interest in people. We notice people from one to 53. And I just love that mentality that, hey, I, Tom Brady, he's one of the guys in the locker room. You know, he knows he's better than them, but he, he still has enough humility to, to relate and create this atmosphere in the locker room for, for Shaq Barrett to talk about that after a game, I, th I think goes a, a long way. And so I looked it up because I was curious. I was like, all right, how many former teammates have criticized Tom Brady? Like how many are out there and can kind of rip them? And it's very little. There, there's very little of that. But what I did find was an article from a couple Super Bowls ago, uh, actually in Forbes, and, and remember the fullback James Devlin with uh, New England? This is what Devlin said about Tom Brady. He said, he's just a regular guy. He's just as personable and approachable as anyone on our team. He does a good job staying on everyone's level. And what Devlin shared was when he first met Tom Brady, Tom Brady came up to him, him and said, hi, I'm Tom Brady. Think, think about that. So here's, here's probably at the time he was a five-time Super Bowl champion. This random fullback from Brown University, James Devlin, comes up and says, hey, I'm Tom Brady. Now, it's easy to kind of poo-poo that and say, ah, that's no big deal.
But to me, that represents something that's pretty cool. And I think it translates to, to, to all of our lives because, again, we're not all Super Bowl winners or, or whatever. And, you know, Corey did play in the NFL. And so he's in a different place than, 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 than us maybe. But we all have a chance to treat people just with respect and, and finding common ground with people, I guess. And then ultimately, uh, I think there's a, you know, there's some a spiritual application to this as well. Because if we aren't careful, we can show favoritism toward those we deem worthy of our attention and then disregard or mistreat others who we feel aren't on our level. And so the Bible actually discusses the sin of partiality and favoritism. And in James, this is the amplified version, it says, My fellow believers, do not practice your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of partiality toward people. Show no favoritism, no prejudice, no snobbery. And so we have to be careful not to think that you know we're, we're better than people or if we're further along in our faith journey that, that we talk down to people. Last week I talked about being in process and showing each other patience and, and grace. And, and I think this goes to it as well, where we can just disregard people or, or view them as lesser than. And, and then it, we can also be guilty of showing such favoritism toward people that we feel like can, uh, I don't know, bring more value to us or, or when we know them. Oh, I know this person and, and look what they can do for me. And then it builds us up. But really, it's a, it's a pride issue. Um, and so when we're humble and we humble ourselves in those situations, we're, we're more like Jesus when we do that. Because think about Jesus. When you read about all the different stories, the people that he would approach, that nobody else would approach. You know, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, and you read the Bible and you hear all these stories, Jesus would get on the level of those people. This is the, the, the King, King Jesus. But when he was here on earth, he humbled himself as a, as a servant and served people, washed their feet. That's our example. That's who we want to be. And so, you know, Tom Brady gives us a little bit of glimpse of, okay, he's representing some good things. Good, okay, good teammate. That's nice. Jesus is our example and, and the humility. And so I could go on and on, and, and we'll, we'll bring in Corey and, and Luke to add to this. But, but it's a topic that I'm very passionate about. At times, I'm, I'm guilty of because, you know, I've had the opportunity to meet some incredible athletes over the years and, oh, look who I know and look who I can text. And, and then, you know, you, you, in your everyday life, you relate to people that, that have lesser jobs that, that never played in the NFL. But how, how will I treat them? How will I show, you know, partiality and favoritism and, and that kind of thing? But ultimately, do we want to see people know Jesus, follow Jesus, and do we want to represent Jesus and, and how do we do that? Through humility, servanthood, sacrifice, and, and loving people, loving people. So, uh, Corey, you want to you wanna jump in on this, uh, on this topic? See, it was, uh, it's amazing you're smiling when you said that. Cause you know, you, and you put me in a spot here, so I got to <laughs> really show that I'm a man of God right now, and the gospel <laughs> has to come forth. Because you're talking about Tom Brady, who you know, I'm sitting here, people have done just the opposite. You know, have, they have put him on this pedestal, right? When we yep. we say he's the goat, he's the greatest of all time. He's, you know, he steps into the locker room and the whole locker room just changes. Well, listen, that that's a great trait. That's called leadership. But but I go back to the scriptures that talks about the, about the body, being members of the body. How this body, even that we live in, has different members, but all have different jobs you know you know from the eyes to the to our smell to our fingers to our foot but they're all important because we lose one we walk with the limp and we have some type of issue you know what i mean i think so we have to look at it that that in the spiritual sense as well that's why you heard me say earlier that the pastor gets the credit because he preaches because he stands up in front of the people for for certain uh, ministries or 
churches. Uh, you, you, you're the president of unpacking it, but you got a lot of different. I have a different job. Luke has a different job. You know, Jody has a different job. Your mother, but they all important. Kyle, you know, to make unpacking it work, everybody has to operate in their gift. And their gift is, is important as a number one guy to the 50th guy, right? right? And that's what I say. That's what bothered me about a lot. Of, not Tom Brady himself, because he he was pushing and, and, and you know really directing the the, the the praise to somebody else, which is good because he knew he didn't play great. He knew that the defense was probably the reason they won. So talk to talk to those guys, and that's a great. But from a fan perspective, you know it was all about Tom Brady. And I'm saying no, the team, because if we're gonna win. In life, we have to be about the team. Even in marriage, if you're going to win in marriage, it has to be about the team. I know the the Bible says that the man is the spiritual head, basically, of the wife. Well, the man has a role to love his wife like Christ loved the church. Give yourself up for her. You know, the wife, love and respect your husband. You know, but the Bible says that the two shall become one. And that's what we're talking about, the oneness. Nobody is greater than anybody else. You know, let's love one another. Let's respect one another. And and B, I'll tell you the story. We was in church about three weeks ago. And before we started our 21 day of prayer, and it was amazing. This homeless man walked in the church mm. down the aisle, right? All the way down to the front pew. And and I just thought about what you just said about favoritism. And, you know, the Bible talks about that. You treat somebody that's dressed in bad clothes and, you know, you know they might smell. They don't look. You're going to you're going to judge them and treat them different than a guy that walks in with a three-piece custom-made that's suit. Right. right? And I looked around and I was like, I wonder. And I go to a church that's known for a lot of successful people, lawyers, doctors. It is one of those churches. Um, but how would they look at this man? And the man stood up. He sat down, and the pastor was preaching. Then he stood up, and I looked at Pastor George, and I was like, "Was what is he going to get? You know, uh, you know, was he going to just really just going to say embrace this man, or will he be distracted?" And he mm. just kept going. And the pastor, after the service, you know, they, they, of course, the police was in there as well, but they came, and my pastor put his arm around him, oh, and, and they walked him out. And I said, "See, that's what it's all about." Cool. It's just like, how do you treat somebody? Do you treat Tom Brady differently because he's got six, maybe now seven rings in a couple of weeks than the guy that's never won a Super Bowl? Do you treat the, the, the pastor of the church differently than you treat the janitor? Because the jobs are all important. And, mm. and it's about respect and loving one another. Yeah, I played, in the, I was a professional for, for almost a decade. I played college football at the highest level. And you got fans, they want autographs and pictures and all this stuff. You know, but I always looked at myself as just Corey. Hmm. I'm Corey from Payson, South Carolina, with 10 brothers and sisters, mom that adopted three kids on top of hers, uh, you know, just poor family that loved Jesus with the church. I always looked at myself, you know, like that. That's just, that's I'm just a guy, you know, blood flowing just like yours. And uh, if we can embrace that same attitude, man, I think from the love, brothers like Jesus did to love them regardless of what they are, mm. whether they're a tax collector or the prostitute, the woman at the well, uh, you know, it didn't matter. Jesus just loved them. He didn't look at the outer. He looked at the inner, which is the heart. So hopefully, right. you know, we'll learn from that's a great, great example. B appreciate you sharing that, even though it's, even though it's Tom Brady. But I just appreciate <laughs> it, it, yeah. It kind of happened organically as I uh, was watching the, the post game uh, interviews. So 
Uh, Luke, any, any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, you guys are hitting the nail on the head. I, I just love the, the humility. Like we are all recipients of grace. So as I'm walking throughout my day to day, can I look at anyone and say, Jesus died for me more than you? Mm. No, I, Jesus died for the world the same. I, I can't look at anyone and say, I'm a res- more of a recipient of grace than you because if I understand my sin, I think humility really comes following an understanding of our depravity and our sin. Because if I'm walking around knowing my sin, I have zero reason to elevate myself above someone because it makes no sense to elevate myself above a sinner because I'm still vastly separated from God without Christ. Mm. Now, my pride and I boast in the righteousness of Christ but I cannot look at myself and boast in myself because I know that I'm a sinner. So you you guys are hitting the nail on the head, looking around. People can be flashy. You can elevate certain jobs, uh, demote certain uh, careers, certain people in different situations. But man, at the end of the day, Jesus died for all of us the same, and we're all recipients of the same grace if we're in Christ. Mm -hmm. So I really, and I really try to practice that because it's hard. Yeah. It feels good. It feels really good to elevate ourselves. Like Corey, I'm sure it's it's easy some days to want to elevate yourself. Bryce, you I mean you founded it and started a ministry. When you're in your ministry circle, like it'd be easy to elevate yourself. I mean, me, I'm in seminary. Oh, I can elevate myself to this smart theological jargon <laughs> and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, it's fleeting and it's pride. So I really have to practice man asking God to help me understand Help me give me a more understanding of my sin and my separation from you if I'm not in Christ. Um, so really encouraging message uh, from you, Bryce. That's a, a really good reminder. No, I love that. Great addition to kind of this whole topic. I like the different directions that it went. And, and I guess just how it sums it up for me. Hi, I'm Tom Brady. Everyone knows who Tom Brady is. But hey, I'm Tom Brady. It's, it's, just those li- it's, just, it's just like a little thing that we can do as we interact with people when we acknowledge people and we don't assume Oh, you know who I am. Uh, you know, it's just that kind of attitude. But when we man, when we go out there, hey, who, you know, hey, what's your what's your name? Or how are you? You know, how are you doing today? Um, and actually listening and actually caring. Um, it goes it goes a long way. And I think too, just uh, to go even another direction, people are really hurting right now. We we are hurting hurting people, and 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 people are going through way tougher things than we even realize. And and to to just be. Uh, someone that takes notice and just a smile for someone today, it, it can it can really make a difference in someone's in someone's day. And it's cliche and it's silly and it's oh yeah, just smile. No, 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 no. People need it right now. They need it today. People, yeah. people are people. Are, I, I got a text this morning from my brother. Another person that we know died, and, and it's just it, death is happening all around us, and people are getting sick, and people are losing jobs, and all this stuff is happening. And we need to be encouraged, and and we and we've got to humble ourselves to to recognize. That, that, that people need us and they need that love. They need that respect. Um, and it's so easy just to overlook people. So I, I, Can I just say real quick? I think you get yeah. just focus on letting the, the, the light shine, the light yeah. of Jesus Christ shine in and through us as believers. You know, whether you got Pastor Luke or Pastor Corey or, or you know, founder of Unpacking It, Bright, you know, we is just, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you know, just letting our light shine, letting people know that you care 
and that you love them. And that no matter what color you are, no matter what church you're affiliated with, denomination, it's not about that. It's about the blood. It's about the, the blood drops at the footprint of the cross. That's what has to be shown today by Christians. That's why I love the scripture that says that, you know, that we have to walk in, in accordance to our calling. You know, we, we have to we have to be repentant. We have to, even as believers, like you said, Luke, we all struggle. We all fight sin. We all fight the temptations. We all, I don't care what, what title you have in front of your name because you're flesh. But if we can get past color and a political affiliation and denomination affiliation and, and, and unity, and come together as one man in concert about loving Jesus Christ. As you alluded to, Bryce, people are hurting. People are dying. I just went to my cousin's funeral Saturday, an outdoor funeral oh. that you couldn't even, you know, really love on your family like you wanted to. You know, my best, one of my best friends in, 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 in the gospel, her brother unexpectedly just died in, in, in the Las Vegas of a massive heart attack, 49, 50 years old trying to, you know, pursue a dream. Uh, they couldn't even go see him. You know, they, they, I mean, it's like these things are happening all around us. It's not politics. It's not, this is where we are. And it's time for us as followers of Jesus Christ, disciples, to stand up and show L-O-V-E. And that's the light of the gospel. That's loving your neighbor as you love yourself and loving the Lord, most importantly, with your heart, soul, and mind. You know, and that's humility, to be made low. He that had no sin became sin. Why? For us, because he loved us so much. Yet while we still sin, he died. And that's the attitude that we have to have. That's that's the Christian locker room, the Tom Brady locker room, if you will. <laughs> we need to be like Tom Brady in that aspect. It's awesome. And and one last thing I was thinking about, too, and I, I'm not saying that this is Tom Brady's perspective. I don't I don't know for sure. But the, the idea that Tom Brady – it, you know, he's, he wants to win another Super Bowl and he's there in Tampa Bay and, and he can look around the locker room and say, all right, this guy's going to help me win another cha- another championship. This guy's here to win is going to help me win another championship. Or Tom Brady can say, I'm here to help that guy win a championship. I'm here to help that guy win a championship. I'm here to help that guy win a championship. And so each of us each day, we, we have that choice as well to say, oh, this guy's going to help me have a great day. This guy is going to help get my groceries. This guy is going to help bring my, my meal out. Or I'm going to help this guy have a great day. I'm going to help serve this person. I'm going to help uh, just do something kind for this person. I'm going to be courteous to that person. I'm going to let this person go in front of me in, in line. I'm going to let this person actually pull out in front of me uh, in the neighborhood. You know, it's, just, it's having that mentality. I'm reading a book about all this stuff. That's why it's on my mind is a, a book about love. <laughs> But but I'm guilty of all those things because I'm usually you know I'm usually driving around and I gotta get I gotta be first I gotta get first I want to win the championship, um, but but what if we actually walked in the locker room and said I'm gonna help this guy win the championship I'm gonna help that guy win the championship, um, so you're it's a it's a serve mentality a serve mentality, so, uh, so anyway we could talk all day hopefully that's encouraging to uh, to everyone listening today really appreciate all the responses on on the chat and and comments and people that end up listening to this later. Uh, you can still leave comments. We'd love to know your thoughts. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com as well. Uh, Corey, at unpackingit.com. Luke, at unpackingit.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we, we want to continue to build a community of sports fans following Jesus, that, that we come together, we enjoy sports together, we follow Jesus together, 
We grow together. We encourage one another. That's what we're all about here at Unpacking It. And so we hope that you will be a part of that as we continue to uh, do the show on Mondays. we got trivia tonight. We've got the Unpacked Lunch on Wednesday. Email me if you're interested in being a part of that. Uh, we got a lot going on here at Unpacking It uh, virtually and, and, and eventually in person as well. So uh, thanks so much for, for listening today. For Corey and Luke, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next Monday to break down the Super Bowl. We'll preview it. We'll have a blast uh, next Monday, 1030 Eastern, Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube. Make sure you share it, subscribe it, like it, show us some love, and, and we, uh, we really appreciate it. But thanks for tuning in today. Have a wonderful rest of your day.